boom. But it could be a boom. <laughs> there was supposed there was supposed to be what, what does Marvin the Martian say? I don't know. There was supposed to be a, a tremendous kaboom. Kaboom. Like that. I you're not sure. the wrong person. <laughs> it's of been all too long since I've seen Looney Tunes. Yeah, I I remember the character, but beyond yeah. that, not mm -hmm. really. But anyway, welcome back to the Spook Show, where we're covering British horror this month, and I once again have failed to write a monologue, so I'm stumbling. But that's and okay. I'm taking over, so you yeah, have have to taken over. Yeah. Yeah, it's all right. I got you, fam. We got this. We got this. And we, yes, as 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 Boone mentioned, we are doing British horror. I'm not even going to attempt to insult you with my British accent. Not very good. Let's be honest with each other. So we'll skip it. Horror. Well, I mean, horror nowadays has a lot of picture and color and and details and all these things that you think about, but. Before we had all this, and before we had, as, as they used to be called, the talkies, there was the <laughs> era of silent film. Um, so, the, the basically, horror films in Britain started a lot of different ways. There's a lot of different contenders for what could be considered the first horror film, I suppose. Um, especially if you go by modern day length of, of uh, time, a film should run. But technically, the first uh, first thing that can really be traced back to the horror genre would be a um, would be a so basically uh, with the basically the horror can be traced all the way back to uh, the haunted curiosity shop or photographing a ghost, which were back in like 1998 and 1901, completely silent, only a few minutes, I do believe. Um, but those those showed you know various things, various. Um, horror-related themes like skeletons and whatnot mm -hmm. um, that really reflected the start of the horror era uh, up to, you know, you go into the, the silent era with Lon Chaney and his, um, help me out, that the, the film series he was in where he's got that creepy uh, as London hell. After Midnight. Yes, London After yeah. Midnight. There we go. Yeah. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, oh, London After go. Midnight and and the top hat and Lon Chaney's mm -hmm. just hauntingly overly wide eyes and and a chilling set of teeth were all like you didn't have <laughs> sounds. Yeah. 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 He, just, he you didn't have you didn't have anything else to go off of. You didn't have sound. You might have had like a musical piece playing over. But they didn't have the ability to capture the audio like they did today. So they really had to push hard to make do with what they had. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then we get into, you know, getting into sound with, um, with like our Draculas. So we've got Bela Lugosi. Um, oh no, why am I doing names? Why do I keep doing this to myself? <laughs> I'm so bad at them, even though I can see his face and he's the werewolf. Boris Karloff? Oh, they... Wolfman was uh, Lon Chaney Jr. Lon Chaney Jr. And then, yeah, Boris Karloff was, was Frankie Frankenstein. 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 <clears throat> Frankenstein's monster, if you prefer. That's true. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, it's interchangeable. It's true. But but British horror has has honestly come a very long way. Like it, it's, and for a long time it was really referred to as being crap. 
negative oh, really? negative yeah it, well it, and that's because of where you come down to as i was reading through um there's actually an article on it a lot of people will say that that british horror actually started with hammer and i hmm. believe they put out the curse of frankenstein in 58 um they they really and even one of our films this month were our our hammer two film. two of two them. them two of them yeah it's my who else is the other one? Uh, well, Dracula fifty eight. Oh, that's right. Bro. And, and uh, the Resident. That's right. Are both Hammer pictures? One mm-hmm. from from classic Hammer and one from New Hammer. Mm-hmm. It has a unique perspective, and and to me, at least while while watching these, what I've what I've noticed about British horror is is it does come across as a little bit more refined, much like how. If you watch Japanese horror, you find that it usually relies on um, children and women, folklore, demons, ghosts. They have a very supernatural element or leaning to their horror. They can go other places, don't get me wrong, Mm -hmm. but they have such a heavy uh, folklore to pull from um, that, uh, and culture to pull from that, like, honestly, um, it's not surprising that it does gravitate that way. And in London, it's always been very proper or um, refined, refined horror, if that makes any sense. Like, and not like an artsy fartsy horror, (laughs) but like, it's just, it's an, it's a, it's a posher horror. I I don't know what, like, I'm trying. Yeah. Yeah, It's like posh horror. I don't, I don't know how to put it, but like, it's, it's, it's got this cleanness to it. It's got this, yeah. Yeah. To where, you know, it just, it comes across as, I don't know, rubbish sounds better than trash. Let's be 100% honest. (laughs) It does. It it just, I I don't know, they have a different way of delivering it compared to American horror. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's like a, there's a politeness to their horror to a degree. Not saying that all of them follow that line. Right. But watching the horror movies that I have this month, especially, like, they just have a certain politeness to it. There's a certain there is a, um, like a certain refinement, certain maturity, yeah, to, yeah, to their brand of horror. And and like especially like now watching through like what we've watched, there is a, there's just like this understanding of um, you know, noticing the differences in horror. Like American horror tends to be very loud or opinionated or it has a it has a message or it has um a lot of boobs in it or <laughs> well hey british or especially in the hammer like 60s yeah, they 70s do. like they went they do they went full they boobage <laughs> and also also on top of that it ain't nothing c- touching a candle to to french horror let's be 100 percent honest oh french horror is um, fascinating, yeah. but so you know it's just there's there's more things like we're we're a lot less like as much as we think that the um whoever rates our movies Mm -hmm. um is is really really restrictive i mean compared to other countries we get away with like seeing a lot yeah um so yeah in britain they had the um i think in the 80s 70s 80s they had the video nasties list they did. Which were, they did. Which were films that like just were completely banned from ever being shown in any mm-hmm. capacity. I think they were maybe even were illegal to own, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's there's problems with that like i don't understand british law so i'll not even like i I think there's stuff in here that prevents that from being a thing right hope i have to look more into it but yeah so we this month watched uh where'd my list go i can't find it i mean i've got it off the cuff boone what movies are we watching this month (laughs) uh for the month uh, for this month, we watched uh, Dracula from 1958, aka the the horror the horror of Dracula, I believe mm-hmm, is the mm-hmm. alternate title. Uh, the Legend of Hell House from I believe 1973. Let me see if we can pull up the the years just from Recall. So Legend of Hell House 1973, Ghost Watch yep. from 1992, mm-hmm. and uh, The Resident from 2011, I believe. <laughs> how'd i do i get the years right i think i got you the years did. right you did nice. actually way to go well done, yeah. me. i can remember things kind of heck to go well i mean when it comes to movies you've got like it does stick in there much easier for some reason it does well i think it's because you love it so much <laughs> <clears throat> yeah mm-hmm. uh but yeah starting with uh Dracula 58, which was your pick. Horror of Dracula, which was my pick, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's a Hammer film, the the first uh, Hammer Dracula flick with Christopher Lee as Dracula and Peter Cushing as Van Helsing. Uh, and yeah, like, it, it is strange, because, like, you think British horror, like, a lot of it's probably going to be Hammer, just because they were so popular for so long. Mm-hmm. They started operating like back in the mid '30s, so they they were around for a good long time before um, kind of shuttering their doors and then being bought, rebought, and then reopened. I think in the mid 2000s ish. Let's see, from the '50s and '70s. Say 2007, 2008 is when New started up. Yeah. 2008 was the first New Hammer release beyond the rave, which mm-hmm. I've never even heard of. <laughs> heard of the other ones that they've released so far, but not that one. So I gotta, gotta look into that one. But this was the first, kind of, almost the start of uh, Hammer's whole span of like revitalizing the classic uh, Universal monsters, the cla- classic Gothic monsters of like. Dracula, the Mummy, Frankenstein, Wolfman, stuff like that. Interestingly enough, not the first of them, and not even the first with Christopher Lee. That was, uh, I think, a year prior. Uh, yeah, 1957's The Curse of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for me, like, the first Hammer horror film, it's not it's not being listed as one, but I counted, but uh the mystery of the Mary Celeste from way back in nineteen thirty-five. Uh with Bella Lugosi. It's probably like one of my favorite Bella Lugosi flicks that I've seen. Yeah. I've watched it like three times. <laughs> but I don't th- I don't think I've seen it. Uh you saw part of it because I had I put it on one one day when I was folding clothes and you were there for some of it. Oh. But I don't think I think you were doing your own stuff. You weren't really paying attention to it. Probably not. But so yeah, like this, the the Hammer like Dracula 
like series and whatnot. It's been one that I've known about for years. But because of like availability or or whatever, like I've never actually been able to like sit down and watch a lot of them. So it was cool uh going back and like watching the first like original Christopher Lee Dracula performance. And I wound up like I, I really enjoyed it. Like it, it his his portrayal of Dracula is so interesting to me because it's it's very like him and and Peter Cushing's Van Helsing. Um Dracula like exudes this like aura of like this bubbling sexual rage throughout a lot of the movie. Yeah. I can I can honestly see that. I wanna say like this may be my first Christopher Lee film that I've really watched where he's like young, young. Yeah. Um and, and like no no offense to Bella Lugosi, don't get me wrong. Bella Lugosi is a beautiful, beautiful man. Dracula is just not the original Dracula yeah. is not really scary, if I'm a hundred percent honest. No, no. Um and, and, and honestly it does it is definitely something you should watch, but it does not hold up. It it, it but not in the way that, that yeah yeah, and that's that's what I mean. Like it's something to watch because it is a part of history, but yeah. it's not, and it's easily watchable. In. Like it's not a yeah. slog to get through. Like it's no, it's not no, particularly no, no. long. It, it goes, it, it's paced well. It's entertaining, <clears throat> at the very least, and it's cool going yeah. back and like seeing, you know, Bela Lugosi in the '30s doing Dracula and everyone. Who's involved with it? It's just cool seeing something from that time period. Oh, for sure, and they did a but... fantastic job. I'm not saying it's not shot. Like it's just there. When it gets to that point, it's like, you know, watching a VHS. Like you're watching right. it, and you're like, yeah. But and and I guess to go to say, like, uh, what was the movie that we watched that was redone, like remastered, and it looked beautiful and it was the the, the, uh, the we've had a few the of them the uh, japanese film the the one where Jimbo. it was the onibaba onibaba that one is just as old i believe and uh, maybe, maybe a little 60s. bit newer 60 oh, okay uh, for some weird reason uh, i thought it was so 60s. much older probably because black and white probably but um i was about to say that one held up really well but of course it did it's 30 years newer. <laughs> um so ignore that but like this one just i don't know it probably because it was a little bit more modern um also i do have a soft spot for like the the 50s and 60s and 70s yeah so like that probably also just hit a little bit more even though it is set in like old england Mm. um i don't know it's just interesting to see christopher lee act in something other than um Star Lord Wars of the and Rings. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. 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 That was my thought. Just like initially when he showed up, I'm like, that's not Saruman. Like, what's going on here? He's like, oh, it's really fuck? cool. But like, also, I think it's really cool. Like, he's he's always kind of been the villain. Yeah. And I never realized it because I think of him as Sir Christopher Lee. Like, mm-hmm. but then I think also like, oh, yeah, he, there's totally a music video where he's like doing metal. So like I'm like yeah yeah he released metal albums yeah Yeah. metal albums like when he was 80 he's like you know what I want to do I want to headline a metal band that's amazing one of the many reasons why Christopher Lee is a fucking badass or was a fucking badass Mm -hmm. no like I just knew I had like a general respect for him but like I honestly because of all that I forgot honestly how old he was 
Right. How like, yes, he looked old. Like, he looked old, don't get me wrong, but, like, Hollywood can make people look old all the time. Yeah. I, I don't trust anything anymore. <laughs> like, so, like, I, I think it, like, it just never really clicked, even with watching The Wicker Man and um, yeah. watching this and, and stuff like that. I'm still sitting there, and I'm like... It is strange, like, going Christopher back... Christopher Lee, what were you doing back in the 30s? I thought... <laughs> What happened? And, well, back like, back was, in the thirties, I think. Oh wait, no, he he, he was in fifties. Um, yeah, um, I, I know. I know he was in um, uh, World War Two. Like he was a. Um, I don't know if he was like a secret agent or if he was just a soldier, but like he definitely he took part in World War Two. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah. So I guess what he was doing in the 30s was probably being a child. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, <laughs> that, that makes sense. That makes 100. You know, you are you are 110% correct. But it is. He was 22. He it, was born in 22. Yeah. But it is it is fascinating, like, especially with someone like Christopher Lee, who, like, has not only, not only, like, had a very long career, but a very... um prolific career where like it's not that he was like active from like his 30s up until his 80s so he was active in, during that time period and he made a shit ton of movies mm-hmm. so like it is it is kind of always strange to like watch something where he he's older like in lord of the rings and then going back and watching something like this and being like that's the same man like I you think can, you can comes... see like the progression of his life throughout his his body of work which is you don't get a lot of that. Yeah. That no, doesn't happen and, nearly as much or to the same extent that like he produced movies. Well, I, I think the the biggest thing that really um speaks out to me is like having looked at him and like I, I, I understand he was he was ninety three when he passed. So um right. let's see. He it it's just every time I see him, he just kind of he defies his generation. And his, I don't know, he just, like, to me, he he just, he's a very beautiful human being, because he just always seemed to have, like, such an open mind. Yeah. Yeah, and he also just had such an open, like, he seemed like he didn't fit in any generation, but he fit in, or not generation, era. Right. That's yeah. what I meant. He def- he 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 defied his era is what I meant to say. Right. Like he just he felt out of place but in place, but not like too out of it. Like he just he felt he just feels like he defies time. Mm-hmm. And like anything he does, like granted it can be dated, but it just I, I don't know, it just feels more relatable with the way that he acts and he presents himself. There yeah, I, yeah. There is like yeah, it's it's hard to describe, sense. but like yeah, there's almost like a welcoming presence to to whatever aura he exudes in a film, mm-hmm. where it's just like it kind it draws you in, and you kind of want to keep watching him and seeing what he's doing. There's like a, a magnetism to him. It is kettle. <laughs> yes. What'd you think? Uh, I did enjoy it overall. It was uh, kind of as we know. I I enjoy the vibe of a lot of the like fifties type stuff. Yeah. Um, I do feel like it maybe would have been. Well, I guess I'm torn on it. I liked how it looked in color, but I also think it would be really good in black and white as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I enjoyed uh, a lot of it. Just like the vibe of it, the setting, the atmosphere, and also 
for its time, especially, it had great special effects. And I think that they still kind of hold up today. I mean, knowing that the movie is... My God, how long? How many years is that? Like, sixty-five years? No. Yeah, yeah, sixty-five. Or fifty-five years, because like seven, because we're almost near six. It's it's sixty-five, yeah. Because if it's in the fifties, yeah, it's it's near when my dad was born. Yeah, so. sixty-five on the dot. Hey, yeah. Look. <laughs> So, yeah, for a 65-year-old movie, it has phenomenal special effects, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And, really yeah, does. even even for today, it, it holds up pretty well. Um, but, yeah, I, I did, uh, like, a lot of, I don't know, some of, the, some of the, like, well, there's some silliness, but also, like, the vibe. And, like, if it wasn't for the whole problem of Dracula, like, just having the guy's job to be like, oh, I'm going to go to this old castle and, like, index books... Right. Sweet. <laughs> right. That uh, that sounds like such a fucking great job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I like. And I, I do love uh, the the bar, who is just like, oh yeah, what's what's with all the garlic? Like, oh, it's nothing. Just a it's a simple garlic bar. Yeah, we just we just like garlic. We're just big fans of garlic. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was very entertaining to watch though. Like I was having a good time with it, and uh, just just the just the 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 sheer always true stupidity of just not listening. Man, all you got to do is just keep the garlic there. <laughs> she ain't dying, dang yeah. it. She's just miserable. <laughs> like let her be miserable. Yeah. Clearly, it is bothering her, and he said not to listen to her for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, and then she's like, oh, "I'm sorry." Yeah, she dead because of you, woman. She dead because of you. Bitch. God. <laughs> I didn't because Dracula is a story that's been told like a bunch of times, like to the point that just like we started with Frankenstein month, we can do Dracula month. There's enough versions of Dracula that we could do. There a are. Month. I just don't know if I'm ready for a, a <laughs> oh, vampire proposing month. Yeah, I'm not proposing that like, right now, but just putting it out there that, like, yeah, no, we did Vampire Month, but, like, we could do specifically Dracula Month just because how many variations and versions there have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was cool seeing this version, like, kind of, like, clearly using the book as source material, but then not being afraid to, like, really fuck with it. Like, like the character of Renfield is completely absent. They make mm-hmm. they make Harker into Renfield kind of, but then also to even have Harker not really being there to conduct any business dealings, but he's specifically going there from the very start to kill Dracula. So like Dracula is kind of already this known entity that people are trying to go kill. Uh so it was cool. It, it reminded me of like what we were talking about last month with um how um Tales from the Crypt had um, had familiar stories, but like the way that they twisted them and mm-hmm. presented them made it something new and fresh and interesting. It, mm-hmm. it reminded me of that. And then also, I struggled with this one to be like, okay, does does getting turned into a vampire, if that's your, does that count as a kill or not? And thankfully, I was going back and forth on it because I was like, you know, if if somebody got turned into a werewolf, I wouldn't count it, but if they got turned into a zombie, I would. Mm-hmm. So I guess which one is is the vampire more closely associated with? Uh, but then the movie itself answers the question by confirming that once you're bitten and you succumb to becoming a vampire, 
the the part of that process is you legitimately fucking die. So I'm like, okay, that's confirmed from the movie itself. Good. And also, um, I remember the, uh, the, the moment where, uh, Van Helsing jams the cross into, I believe it's Lucy's forehead and burns up her face. Yeah. I I had that noted down as just being metal as fuck. Right. And I'm, I'm pretty sure from my recollection, they reuse more or less that same kind of idea in, uh, Fright Night from the eighties. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was cool. Like kind of seeing the origination of like that whole concept. Then also just because Dracula is not, uh, I was actually surprised how little Dracula is in Dracula. Like, he's, he's only in like a handful of scenes. Most of it is uh, Peter Cushing's Van Helsing uh, carrying a lot of the plot and a lot of the scenes. And yeah, like I really love Peter Cushing. Like probably like if you know him from anything in the mainstream, he, he was Grand Moff Tarkin in the first Star Wars film. So, seeing his being introduced to him in that character, where he's like just like an evil imperial scumbag, and now getting to see him play like a hero role, was very cool. Uh, he was also in uh, Tales from the Crypt. He was the uh, the poor poor old man who got tormented. That's right. I do yeah. remember that. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, that was Cushing. But yeah, I absolutely loved his uh, Van Helsing in this. Like, like it's it's very British. Like, like we were talking about, it's very, like, refined and, and mature kind of presentation. But what I loved about his performance is, like, beneath all of, like, his his Britishery, as it were, there was mm-hmm. this, this very quiet, somber, like, rage to him, I thought, where, like, he truly does hate these vampire things, and he, he's very committed to killing them and stopping them. But it's like layered under that like British refinement, right? And it just kind of e- e- oozes out like from from his glares and stuff like that. I thought it was mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah, definitely. He uh, he was very very good in that. <laughs> he he was oozy. He was uh, oozy. Uh, he was oozy. <laughs> yeah. Overall, I think it, I think it was a pretty fun watch. It did have. I mean, and and this is just like a me thing, I think, right. but like older movies do go a bit slower sometimes. So there are parts where I'm kind of like, I like this, but like, man, y'all take a long time to tell a story. <laughs> right. Even, even though the movie itself isn't that long, like none right. of, none of them were this month. They were all like at an hour and a half or maybe slightly under. Yeah. 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 And it probably doesn't help that like, even though they did make a lot of variations to the Dracula story, it is still the Dracula story. Right. Well, by and large. So, like, if you're familiar with the Dracula story at all, I could see it, like, dragging a bit. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I get it. I know. It's Dracula. He's big and bad. He's got fangs. He's trying He's trying to put the, the good suck on a bunch of ladies. Mm-hmm. Like, we get it. It's Dracula. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, that, especially, like, to the effects, like, especially that, that final fight between Van Helsing and Dracula. Uh-huh. It was just so fucking good, uh, especially when Dracula starts to uh, get hit by the sunlight and wither away. That was yeah, that was like my amazing segment. pretty much my favorite part. And yeah, when talking about the special effects, that scene is uh, a big part of it. Yeah, and interestingly enough, I remember like just by pure like randomness of me watching shit, I watched a um, it was kind of like a made-for-TV presentation like documentary 
type, like one of those things that they had on cable all the time, mm-hmm. um, covering British horror and and covering like a lot of Hammer stuff and like they touched on this movie a little bit and uh, talking about, I, th- I think it was an old they had an interview with Peter Cushing on it and him talking about um, that final scene and how how. Van Helsing at one point grabs the candlesticks and makes a crucifix out of them. Uh, and that being like one of his like inspirations, like while they were doing it, because he was, he was getting a little miffed that like throughout the movie, anytime like something would happen, Van Helsing would always just have a random crucifix. Like he kept mm-hmm. pulling these crucifixes out of everywhere. And he, he was like, it was getting a little stale, just like pulling out another crucifix. So he suggested, like, hey, what if I grab the candlesticks and make one? <laughs> Which uh, I think, like, that's also kind of like the uh, forehead crossburn in Fright Night. Like, I've, there's been a lot of instances since then where a character will do that. So mm-hmm. it's it's cool seeing the or, or origin point of that as well. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm excited to watch more of them, quite frankly, because mm-hmm. that's... Like, the, the Hammer Horror stuff, like, it's always been kind of a weird blind spot in my, like, horror knowledge. Where, like, I've been aware of it, I've just never really sat down and watched the movies in any great quantity. Mm-hmm. So. This is actually kind of new for me. I didn't uh, even really consider the production company when we were watching it, like. Right. But as, as, we were, as you were talking about it, I did go to the website, I'm like, oh, okay, there is a lot of just that type of stuff on there. Oh, yeah. I think I think the um, the Dra- the Hammer Dracula series alone has seven or eight installments. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they all they all they all released fairly close together. Like this this was in the the era where like yeah no a studio would like crank out like two three movies a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they were just like slamming them out there. Let's see, it got it got a couple of things from me. It got favorite kill. Technically not a human kill, but Dracula getting all burned up and going all skeletal. Fucking awesome. Yup. That did look cool as fuck. <laughs> and uh favorite music. I really enjoyed the mu- the the score in this, like it starts out strong through the opening credits. And I, I really enjoyed it. That's what that's what I gave it. Uh Neff. It got a favorite poster from me. Favorite I I just poster? really I just really enjoyed the um like hold on, let me actually pull it up so I can pinpoint exactly what it was I liked about it because mm-hmm. my memory just doesn't work like that. And so because it was torn, like I really liked the Legend of Hell House, like I, I did, right. but I I don't know it's just something about that uh Technicolor weird yellowish coloring. With with the very simplistic like green and red and just like yellow mm. and I don't know I just like the way it looks I like the vintagey look with it and the use of the color right black and white is cool don't get me wrong I do enjoy it but like I I don't know I just enjoyed the poster the best okay yeah uh, Kettle you give it anything uh, I did I gave it several uh, I gave it favorite kill for the exact same reason you did <laughs> oh, yeah. um. Let me see here. It was my sleeper hit because it was one of those like I I, I sort of knew what to expect, but it did kind of hit with that just that vibe that just felt right, and I was like, okay, I, I did like it a lot more than I expected to. Right. Um, it got favorite music 
same reasons, just very powerful, heavy score. And, and it's actually it's the one that like stood out the most. Like cause other the other yeah, movies same. this month didn't really have a whole lot in that regard, I felt like. Right. Um and then I also yeah, as I've been raving about it, favorite SFX because <laughs> yeah, I love them. Yeah. So that's uh <laughs> yeah. that's what it all got from me. I suppose that'll take us to Legend of Hell House. Yeah, yeah. I so I had just read the book earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually my first book of the year. Um, fantastic book. Um, oh. yeah, Richard Matheson. Oh. Yeah. Oh God, Richard Matheson. He did so good. He was he was also the author of I Legend. I am Legend. Yep. Um, so just there's so much into it and like at this point like my biggest problem is is uh they they did such a good adaptation of the film or of the book to the film Mm -hmm. that it's hard to forget what parts they actually didn't include in the movie (laughs) (laughs) right so like i'm sitting here and i'm like i you know what I I just I really enjoyed this, but before I go on, I would actually like to hear maybe the person who have you read Hell House, Kettle? Not no. Okay, Kettle, what do you think of Hell House? Because <laughs> like honestly, I've read the book and watched the movie now. Yeah, and, like, and same. Yeah. Yeah, and and I so I know like the so it'd be interesting to hear. Details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hear, like someone who hasn't read the book. Okay. Um. <laughs> Well, uh, I I liked it okay. It was one of those movies, like, as we also talked about, I'm not big on 70s movies, but this one wasn't quite, I guess, it didn't have the things uh, that movies in the 70s have that make me not like 70s movies. Right, right. Um, So, if if anything, it felt kind of just like an extension of, like, the 50s, but with, you know, a bit more modern things. Right. Um, Yeah. But I, I thought it was... Decent. I did get a kick out of some of it because it is when like a lot of that stuff was newer, like the whole like clairvoyance and and all that. Like I, I have in my notes here just like the quote from the not the quote, but the, just who said like the initial thing talking about it. And it was the clairvoyant and psychic consultant to European royalty. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right, bro. <laughs> yeah, I also right. made a note of that because the 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 whole quote it like is like oh the, while the you know the the events of this movie may be fictitious like stuff like this could happen maybe and i'm like mm-hmm. the and it's a quote from a clairvoyant it's like y- you don't sound very confident there mr clairvoyant mr psychic man you seem a little <laughs> ambivalent as to whether or not all this psychic shit is real yeah which seems like you should be a little bit more uh, confident in your claims nah. given that you are one Nah. So I thought that was kind of amusing, yeah. But yeah, aside from that, it, it was uh, it had some of the like I guess tropey things because you know it's it's the whole thing of like oh this house is gonna kill us all like you better get <laughs> out of here and they're like no 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 we gotta stay and you know figure everything out and prove this and that and the other. Uh, but I I just I just wrote down it's like you know get out before I kill you all and my response would just be understood have a nice day like <laughs> I'm out of here. Now. <laughs> and and that oh, I gotta be hitting that dusty trail. And that's that realizing I don't have as much an issue with of I do not have as much of an issue with that as like you you did because like I read the book so like I know why they are all sticking in there like right. and it's 
valid. But mm-hmm. like when you're watching it, like thinking back, like, yeah, they're just in there because money. And yeah, no, get out. I'd be like, okay, thank you. Yes, have a nice day. <laughs> like it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's just with the information that's presented in the movie. Yeah, and it'll be fine because uh, it, it, they'll just convince the angry spirit to quote unquote move on. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's not all. a big deal. Yeah, no big deal. We saw how that worked out for them, though. <laughs> Let's be honest; only two people made it out alive. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, but it, but it's just the book was so much more. There's mm, a lot of details. I, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of details, and the book also just it. It's so much more horrifying in the book, honestly. It the is. things the things that um the things that were done, uh the things that uh Belasco was actually known for uh, and mm-hmm. the aura and the horror around the house. Um and just like honestly the things that were done like Faust may have been a better representation for how fucked up everything was in 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 the Belasco house. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thinking about I was it, yeah. About that end, like the, orgy scene, and yeah, in, in that Faust. was yeah. yeah. There's a lot of Faust love of the damned that like really literally could have been like in the Legend of Hell House movie because like yeah, a lot of the Belasco pre like prequel like elements. Like, yeah, that's basically what it was. <laughs> like, these now, crazy fucking house-filled I, orgies. I have a question for you, Kettle. Uh-oh. Tanner. Florence Tanner. The, the cute little psychic girl. Because, you know, she's adorable. But was she... Was, is she not absolutely the most annoying thing in the world? i just had like the strongest ashley vibes and i'm just wondering if it's actually (laughs) she also annoyed the crap out of me in the book don't get me wrong right yeah um it yeah uh i'd say a little bit (laughs) i was just curious because like she i don't know like she was she was she was like that classic trope of i'm young but i'm real smart at this so mm. fuck you, I got this. And yeah, like, oh, we got the Wonder no, Kid here. Don't <laughs> and, like and the Wonder Kid. So and and the guy who plays um, uh, Roddy McDowell, I think, yeah, is who plays Ben Fisher, right? Yeah. Yes. Fisher. Uh, so Ben, uh, the that guy who was the he was the Wonder Kid in the original Hell House incident. Yeah. So and he came out of it all sorts of fucked up, and he's just sitting here <laughs> watching this girl do the same exact thing, and like, bro, get her out of there, and then come back on your own terms. But like, you yeah. know exactly what's gonna happen here. And I don't think I don't think it, it does get mentioned in the movie, but like, there he does have. I remember I think in the book he has a conversation with her, talking about how like she's she's opening herself up way too much mm-hmm. that she's basically just an open nerve and that the house is going to manipulate her because of that and she needs to be more careful with it and she's like ah no it's fine i'm fine yeah no <laughs> I've, it... I've got jesus magic on my side i'll be fine jesus <laughs> and she has sex with a ghost she does have ghost sex she which counts in, in in the dang score ghost sex does count <laughs> well, as, that, as does so ghost shadow sex really consensual 
That I did struggle with. It wasn't, though. A bit. 100%. It was not. It was under false pretenses. It was under false, but she was okay with it. In the book, she certainly wasn't. Well, at first she was, and then she she wasn't. Yes, so that that instantly changes it into non-consent. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was one of the ones I, w- I was like, I'm not sure, and yeah, I'm all, if, and if, I also wasn't was sure like, if, if if she was using when, it using knowledge from the book to apply to it made sense or not. So mm-hmm. like that was one of the ones that I was like, I think I need another consensus on it. Yeah. So like basically how 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 new rule of thumb goes with consent from what I understand is. Oh, no, if, I'm fine. Yeah, no, I'm fine with that. In the middle of it, somebody goes, no, and it's a serious no. I'm I'm hoping that you have talked about this with your partner beforehand, folks. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, you understand what your serious no is, and if after that point it is not stopped, yeah, then so. Like, understandably, like, I'm sure yeah, there are and, people and especially, that argue that. I really don't, you know, I'm not. That's well, that not and especially paired with, like, how it goes in the book. Like, yeah, no, I, I agree. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but but there was still there was um an earlier scene in the movie that had ghost shadow sex on the ceiling. That counts. That counts. Mm-hmm. I'll, that I'll, I'll let you have that. Yeah, that one still counts. Um, yeah. Also, also this. He didn't have ghosty goo powers before he died. Right. So these people went delightfully sexually insane before that. So it's yeah. Fine. Uh, this also uh, was the basis of like the uh, merging mini theme that we occasionally have, which you know you could say mini theme is Hammer because we got two Hammer movies, or Christopher Lee because Christopher Lee's in in two of the movies. But mm. this one also had uh, a, another actor from Dracula, uh, Michael Gow, oh. who in Dracula was uh, the the brother of Le- Lucy. Who mm-hmm. joins Van Helsing on Killing Vampires? And in this, he was oh. uh, Belasco. That was the same guy. That's right. Uh, see, there really wasn't enough of Belasco in the film. If we're one hundred, yeah, you really only see him right at the end, and yeah. you hear you hear his voice on the record. Yeah, but, but yep, same yeah. same guy, Michael Gow. That's cool. I also, uh-huh. I like how this is like an understated um, Christmas horror movie, too. Because it, it takes place in the week leading up to Christmas. Very kind yeah, of... Yeah, I did like that. Oh, I'll pick you up on December 24th. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> so I'm going to have sorry? to remember that for, for when I do the horror holiday challenge later this year. I get to yes. slide this one in there. Yeah, you do. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> but I, I like how... It is more clearly defined in the book for sure, but but I think it carried over well into the movie of like how they set everything up uh, with the mystery of what's actually happening. Oh because yeah, you, you no, have, that was still really cool. Like how you have they the conflict between um, the the medium and the more science guy, and they each have their own theories, and they both kind of sell their theories pretty solidly. Mm-hmm. solidly enough because because they each have like a piece of the puzzle they're just not seeing the full scope and how that all builds together into uh, Roddy McDowell's character finally piecing everything together based on the mm-hmm. failures of, of everyone else to finally solve the mystery was, was very satisfying 
It was. It it really was. And like I think that's the hardest part I had about the differentiation between like the book and the movie for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh because like that was actually explained pretty well as to why the device didn't work. Yeah. Or why it only partially worked. Mm-hmm. By the way, if 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 this isn't clear, I I recommend the book wholeheartedly. Oh, the so book good. is incredible. And the movie's good too, don't get me wrong. The, mo- the but... movie's I love the movie too, but yeah, the book is it's one of those great examples of like the movie's really good. The book is better, but merely or purely because the book is essentially the movie, but fleshed out more. Yeah. Because it's a book. Um, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of little details that got left out, like particularly the whole, uh, lesbian subplot between, uh, the wife and, mm-hmm. uh, the, the younger medium. Uh, yep. And also, also the uh, the physicist's um, physical state was was kind of tweaked. I think that was like probably the one big difference that I feel hurt the movie. Yeah, because he didn't because have a cane. he didn't have a cane. Because yeah, originally, uh, like in the book, he he had he had suffered from polio, I believe. Yeah, polio, and that had left him mm-hmm. with with a a, a limp and um, other certain complications and whatnot. So he is actually like fairly frail in some respects physically <clears throat> and then the attack the the poltergeist attack where he gets like everything fucking thrown at him uh is much more more uh violent in the book like he actually gets like badly burned on his leg and, mm-hmm. and really gets messed up and and after that he has to take um like high grade painkillers so he's kind of doped up for for a good chunk of the uh story. he is yeah, and just kind of like has to sleep a lot. It kind of it it better explains why he's always sleeping and his wife is up, like getting tormented and slowly possessed, because he he is literally drugged out of his mind and in agony, uh, and and confined to the bed. And they just completely skipped over that in the movie. They really did, and the and the the attack is fairly violent, but then the leftovers of the attack, like the results of the attack, is actually pretty minimal. Like he's just got some blood on his hand. And that's it. Yeah. Like, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal at all. Um, but it was such a key point in the book as to, like, his behavior and his attitude past that point. Um, what, are, what are a little... Oh, the the other big detail, which does... And this detail, not so much, not as important. I think they, they did all right just leaving it out. But midway through the week... Mm-hmm. Um, the man who's hired them that's agreed to pay them dies. Yep. And his son takes over, and his son wants nothing to do with it. So midway through through the week, um, the the physicist learns of this and learns there's no money, no one's getting paid, and he chooses not to tell anyone because he's mm-hmm. so committed at that point to solving it. So, very cool, very good book. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going off on it like I did uh, Event Horizon, <laughs> where I was like, "Well, well, in the book." <laughs> but yeah, no, very good. Mm-hmm. No, um, I, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, it got a number of things from me. Mm-hmm. It got a favorite story. I do love the story, and uh, just like the different perspectives on, you know, the supernatural, and watching all those different perspectives kind of collide and clash. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and fight against each other and work together 
and then that leading into like the the overall mystery like i love how they they set it all up and then pay it off like it felt almost like a house episode yeah <laughs> where, where house like somebody presents with some insane condition like house goes through like three theories all of which almost kill the patient before he's like oh wait i've solved it finally <laughs> this of time course. it's bound to work of course <laughs> um favorite poster i do really enjoy the poster Mm-hmm. Uh, most quotable. Uh, hey. Just because I love the dialogue. I love the back and forth dialogue. Mm-hmm. It is there. good. But yeah, those are the ones it got for me. Uh, for, for yes, it got uh, favorite poster for me, and also yeah, most quotable because I did I did enjoy the the writing, like especially yeah. just the uh, at kind of towards the start there is like. What did he do to make this house so evil, Mr. Fisher? And it's just like, drug addiction, alcoholism, sadism, <laughs> bestiality, mutilation, murder, vampirism, necrophilia, cannibalism, not to mention a gamut of sexual goodies. Shall I go on? <laughs> and then yeah. just, how did it end? If it had ended, we would not be here. <laughs> right, yeah. God, Roddy McDowell is so fucking good. He was. He's, he's like, probably my favorite part of the movie, honestly. Yeah. Um... Uh, but I love at the yeah. end where he, he just like is shit talking Belasco. Yeah, like, basically. Like, just just completely like when in doubt, insult the ghost into giving up. Basically. There's there's I mean, your plan. What did I tell you? <laughs> jump, jump in the lake, light everything on fire, jump in the lake, and then insult the shit out of it. There <laughs> yeah, the ghost. Oh, yeah, there's one here on the, the quote page on the IMDB. Who the hell do you think you are, you bastard? You might have been hot shit when you were 15, but now you're shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now you're shit. <laughs> yeah, it got, it got favorite kill for me, mostly because I love uh, how well... Like, it doesn't portray as well in the movie... But like, I, I I do love the uh the physicist's fucking death. Like it's just yeah, you the get machine exploding cocky. in his face. Like, you yeah. get too fucking cocky, and then you scream at it. You know he's supposed to work. He knew. Like and like that's mm. just ter- like how terrifying Velasco is. Yeah. Was 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 that, you know, he predicted that being mm-hmm. a thing. And he lulled the physicist into a false sense of security. Yeah. So that he could intentionally blow the machine up in his fucking face. And I'm just like, <laughs> that is beautiful. And like, not saying that he deserved it, but like, it's just, it's like, you know, when, when it's you, it's a satisfyingly ironic death. It is. It, it really is. And, um, so yeah, I got favorite kill. Uh, it got most quotable. So that means I it gets five extra points. Yeah, actually, I I forgot to mention. Like I decide I like that idea so much that I'm carrying it over across all the categories. If ever there's a a, a consensus. Oh okay. So so if ever there's a like yes we all we all did most quotable for that movie. That's that's plus five points for that but like even if it's like sleeper hit or like any of them if they all line up plus okay. five for that movie i figured that'd be a fun way of like adding in a little bit of chaos mm-hmm. yeah because we never know yeah um and then it got uh favorite music for me 
Okay. And for the life of me, don't ask why. <laughs> I just know while I was watching it, I was feeling the jams, man. I was, I was in it. And I, I don't really have a good answer for you. It just, <laughs> I was feeling it. The music, I do not remember it, but I remember it, and it was good. Right. If that makes any sense. So, I'm. Yep. Those are my ants. Final answer. Those, those are my picks, and those are the picks that I have made, and I stand by those picks because they are my picks that I made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ghostwatch from 1992. Mm-hmm. Kettle's Yeah, this one was just uh, kind of an off-the-cuff, like, I guess once the theme was chosen, I just Googled British horror movies, and this right. was on on one of the lists I saw, and I was like, "Oh, it's interesting." Kind of like part mockumentary, part like I guess mock news program or something, but like mm-hmm. it it just very much encapsulated that like feel of the times. Yeah, from 1992, so like I could certainly imagine like watching that as it aired, like because they aired it on Halloween. I read. Yes. Um, and so, like, it, I imagine just, like, turning that on and, like, not really knowing what it is, especially, like, as a kid, holy shit, that would have oh, been so yeah. terrifying. Because, yeah, because it was presented as being legitimate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's terrifying right now! It is, was, yeah. I am like, I know that this is fake, but dude! Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, like, yeah. This is so good! The, the, the level of immersion in this is and like how accurate it is to like you know d- d- live tv events like of its nature mm-hmm. and of its time and as well it's like time. it's very much like because news isn't really like that anymore if yeah. that makes any sense but like for the 90s like but like yeah the f- the call-in phone lines and what i remember those yeah. being big in the in the 90s for the telethons the telethons and the fundraisers yeah. and all that yes so, like, it definitely captured that perfectly, which makes sense because it was made by people that that's what they did. And especially, as I understand it, uh, the uh, the the main guy who's hosting it, uh, what was his Michael name? Parkinson, Michael Parkinson is like a legitimate like host that was well known in on British TV. Yeah, I, I think all these people were. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, they were. Uh, uh, Craig Charles, the uh, the roaming like on 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 location guy, like playing himself. Like I know him from uh, Red Dwarf. Oh, so that's right. Yeah, he was Lister in Red Dwarf. I keep forgetting that, and I every time I see him on this, I just sit there and I'm like, who is he? Why does he look so familiar? <laughs> but but even that like harkens to like that kind of an event where like they would get like some kind of celebrity type go uh host like co-host mm-hmm. uh to to be a part of it and like you know do their do their own thing so yeah like the way that it just like the uh, the level of immersion to it is just incredible um and it's also like i th- i find it interesting like it's not exactly found footage but it mm-hmm. it's it still seems like the sort of movie that would be included in like a found footage like yeah, because he'd be like, "Well, it's got it's through a camera, so." Yeah, uh, and I, th- I feel like I've seen other like faux documentary type uh, movies that that have been classified as found footage, but like this is found footage, like, 
before Blair Witch, before the last broad broadcast, like years before then. Mm-hmm. Um, and and significantly more found footage esque than uh, Cannibal Holocaust, which gets oh, for a, sure. a lot of time gets credited as being like kind of the first found footage horror film. Uh, this one like sticks to is a lot more found footage than Cannibal Holocaust. And, when was uh, the last broadcast? Last broadcast was ninety eight. It was like a year uh, before. Ah, oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Because um, I know I've heard that one referred to as the first a lot. Yeah, that well. one gets gets attributed to being the first, and like that's the thing I love about um, like a lot of horror movie trivia and whatnot. Like, there's a lot of the claims and stuff that get thrown around as far as like what did what first and like all those types of types of things like where where stuff originated from and it amazes me that like one how plausible a lot of them seem until you start watching more and more stuff and you realize that a lot of the stuff stuff that gets attributed as being the first really isn't like right. halloween being attributed as like the first slasher film it's not not re- it's not it's not at all um or or like like with this like like found footage with this like yeah no there's there was instances of found footage before Blair Witch before last broadcast and, and everything like that it just exists out there mm-hmm. uh, and it's really cool to go find it oh, actually yeah a cu- couple interesting things here so at least on the wiki page it classifies it as a like pseudo documentary yeah which um, I, I, would, I would yeah I'd agree. Yeah, so that kind of makes sense. Also, apparently, uh, just kind of looking up the people in it, Michael Parkinson's still alive. He's 88. Oh, shit. Dang. Nice. He is Sir Michael Parkinson. Of course. Of course he is. <laughs> Why? Um, Why? So, yeah, like, just the, the presentation of it, and, like, what I love about it is that it starts out, like, almost one-to-one to being, like, the type of event that it is, which is, like, mm. this kind of, like, tongue-in-cheek ghost hunt halloween special event uh it reminded me of um ghost hunters used to do that uh oh, yeah. ghost hunters used to do like big huge live investigations on halloween night and it, it had a very similar kind of like i saw that before i saw this so like it, it's but it's very similar in that like it, it it casts this mood, this atmosphere that's just great for Halloween. Um, but what I love is like they started out like that, and then ever so subtly, as it moves along, it starts getting darker and scarier and, and more real. And more dead children. And more dead children. So many dead children. And very hungry cats. And hungry cats. <laughs> Oh, Cliff did not like it when I watched this at all. Oh, no. Yeah, he's very reactive to other cat noises. Yeah. And, like, when the cat started howling, he got so tense. And I'm like, oh, I had to put my headphones on because he was oh, no. not having it. But, um. yeah, and, like, the way that they build up the mythology of what's happening and everything like that, I love that. Uh, I, I feel like it took a lot of inspiration from... Uh, I believe it was I believe it was the Enfield haunting uh which was a, a fairly like popular uh British haunting. Uh it's the one the like you've probably seen photos of it if you've seen them at all of like the the girls like that are like jumping on the bed. Like it just looks like a couple of girls jumping on the bed. 
But supposedly it was during it was taken during an event, and they were actually levitating off the bed, even though like no, like it, they're jumping on the bed. And I think it even was confirmed that it was a hoax that the the girls were just like doing stuff, much like in Ghostwatch, where where it's revealed that one of the girls might actually just be faking everything, mm-hmm. but then they take it on from there. Interestingly enough, that's also the plot of The Conjuring Two. The second Conjuring movie is is based on that haunting, and also follows kind of a similar plot line to this, where they they realize that the girls are do, are faking the stuff, so maybe it's not real at all, but no, it's still real, and the whole faking it element is tied into that. So once again, the Conjuring verse picking and choosing from other like horror history moments. Uh, which is something I really love about those movies, but yeah, no, that's 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 what I really enjoy. But I think this is the third time I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I think this is also the third time I've seen it. Yeah, because I think and... I've seen it every time. Because you show we watched it together. I think the first time. Yeah. And then we watched it the second time. And yeah. So there we go. Quite possibly. Yeah. But like, it I mean, always... honestly, it might be like one of my favorite like comfy horror movies. Yeah, and it always amazes me just how fucking scary this movie gets. It really does. Like, even the third time through, like it got, it gets towards like the latter half. Like I'm fucking tense. <laughs> I'm on yeah. the edge of my seat. I'm freaked out. Even though I've seen it <laughs> numerous times, right. it still hits. Uh, yeah, especially with some some great um subtle scares that you're, that you're not expecting like like uh, the the person in the curtains yeah old, the person old pipes old yeah, pipes old yeah pipes. that final like i i it, it almost becomes a an instance of like spot pipes because there's a it few really instances does. where they don't they don't draw attention to it whatsoever like there's there's the pipes in the curtain at the start that like people phone in and draw attention mm. to but uh Specifically, I recall, um, I can't remember exactly what's happening, but, but they, they look outside the back patio to the backyard. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And in the reflection on the patio door, you can see pipes standing in the background. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it pans away very quickly and shows you that side of the room and pipes isn't there. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those yep. like if you if you're not paying attention, you will completely miss it because they don't draw attention to it or anything. It's just there. Um, and then of course, like the the other quick glimpse we see of pipes in the girl's bedroom when the camera pans across those curtains again, and pipes is just standing right there, and you only see it for half a second. That is one of the greatest jump scares of all time. Holy shit! <laughs> well, this uh, also just kind of looking around for stuff. There's actually a, uh, I guess I call it like a fan site that still like this guy just like writes blogs and stuff, and they do things like the annual national seance, which I assume is everybody watches it on Halloween or something. Oh my god! I'm gonna I'm gonna Please. post that in our chat here. Hell yeah, yeah that Please. sounds awesome. Because there's apparently a retrospective documentary that came out in 2012 as well called Ghost Watch Behind the Curtains, but this is, mm. like, what this person seemed to name their, uh, thing. 
Right. Also, the wiki page has a behind-the-scenes photo of the actor that played Pipes. Oh, yeah? And, uh... Let me see here. Spooky. That does look like a Pipes. Oh, man. Is that him in makeup? Yeah, it says behind-the-scenes photo of actor Keith Ferrari as Pipes. Oh, man. Yeah, Pipes is scary as fucking hell, man. Mm-hmm. Like, especially when they, they layer in the mythology of it. And, like, the little, like, like the story of, like, the pregnant dog. Like, the it, for, like, a broadcast for TV, it gets really fucked up. Mm-hmm. Not in mm-hmm. terms of, like, really anything it shows, but in, in like, what they describe and, like, how dark the, the stories surrounding the whole pipes haunting really get. Uh, yeah, it gets... Like I mean, it's it was basically a giant like ch- child abductor. Yeah. Ring like essentially is is what it was. Like he just and he got a lot of the kids and. Yeah. Like well, shit, because because there was there was the pipes, the man who who did did that, but then there was that that story that predated even that of of a woman who who would care for and kill children that lived in the area too so that almost implies that pipes was possessed by her and that that's right yeah because he said that um the the dude who was caring for them i guess in the psych ward or when they were getting help yeah um said that the a voice in his head kept making him do things he didn't want yeah. to do. Yeah. Yeah. So and like, I think I think is, even the a... uh, parapsychologist at that at some point even mentions that like, you know, how how old is this land? Like how far back could this go? This this could predate like the the house. This could predate like anything mm-hmm. that that we're aware of. What if this as is far as how far back spot. it could be? Yeah. So I lo- and I love that. I love. Oh I love my god! What if it's just the pet cemetery? <laughs> oh no, not the pet <laughs> cemetery. God. But yeah, no, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. I love. I think it just got got released. Um, it got a Blu-ray release. Um, last year, I believe. Oh, oh it shit. finally got like an official, like proper release. Hey, Which I'm definitely gonna have to pick up because you, you yes definitely gonna you. go take a peek on Amazon right now. Oh, hey, yeah. Uh, and also, interestingly enough, this is now the second film we've done for the show that has absolutely zero when it comes to the Dank score. Oh, I love it. I really zero do. Because it shows score. you that you can, not only can you do horror, like, you can make great horror with, like, nudity and stuff like that. And, yeah. and like, a whole bunch of gore and a whole bunch of stuff. But you can also make great horror without it. And I yes. love both sides of the coin. Yeah. Like, because you can also do both very badly. Also true. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! There's so it's currently unavailable, but it looks like there was a collector's edition of some sort. Oh shit! Let me uh, post that there too. But yes, it looks like last December there was a Blu-ray release, and so the yeah, just the regular Blu-ray is available. Or actually, no, this says uh, title will be released August fifteenth, twenty twenty-three. Oh, okay, so it's dropping this year. Yeah, I got, but I guess the collector's one already came out because that one says December, yeah, twenty twenty two. But it looks like the 
collector's edition is the same as the regular, but then it comes with uh, some extra. Well, it looks like yeah, some like little book things or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go yeah if I am, I might uh, <laughs> have to. Scoot I mean, at the very least, I'm going to add the collector's edition just to my wish list so I remember that it's a thing and just check in, like... Right. But even then, the just the regular one would be pretty cool to have. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's cool to see, like, just something like that still has, like, a... Kind of, a, I guess, like a cult oh, following, which, hey, yeah. it, it fits, because my, my last note of the thing was just, like, oops, all seances, like... <laughs> <laughs> turns out we were all doing it. Oopsie, <laughs> Looks like looks like we did a mass seance and now everybody's fucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it was nice while it lasted, guys. Although it's Hi. interesting because I I swear to God, like I had a distinct memory that like when everything starts going crazy in the studio, I could have swore Michael Parkinson in the last like scene gets possessed. He and does. He does he, oh, does he? Yeah, he's saying the words of the... Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It didn't come across nearly as clear to me this time. Because I kept waiting for... Like, I thought, I thought, like... I thought I saw it way more clearly the, like, the last time I saw it. Nah, he's saying it in his normal voice. He's not saying it all okay. demon-y. Okay, I think I had a memory of him doing it in, like, demon voice. Like, the, like there was some kind of effect applied to No, no. I think that was meant to be the creepy part, is because, like, the power was basically out at that point. Right. And he was just like, and I think it was meant to be like a slow realization that what he was saying, even though it was his voice. Right. They were the, they were different words. Right. Okay. Really, really enjoyable. Like I didn't fully know what to expect, but it just, it had, it just like from what I read about it and why I picked it, I was like, that seems like a vibe for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and as such, it got a number of things. Uh, it it has the rare distinction of being both the comfiest movie from this month and also the scariest movie from this month. Mm-hmm. The first half of it is comfy as hell. The last half of it is fucking terrifying. Yup. Uh, also sleeper hit, because I think it was one that I had like heard little bits and pieces about over the years, but like it just wasn't available. Like you couldn't really see it that much. So to have like a general awareness of it and then see it. Like, it absolutely blew me away. Uh, Favorite special effects, just because the live presentation and everything, like, the the way they they did it. Like, and I'm sure, like, it probably wasn't done live, if I had to guess, or at least parts of it weren't done live, but... Oh, no, I think that'd be way too hard to pull off. Yeah, but... Even even in that instance, and especially being from, like, the early 90s, like, there are no seams that I can really tell. Where it's like, okay, this is how you, you did this camera trick. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, so that that was all very impressive. Also, Pipes is just, like, the little bits you get to see of Pipes, it's fucking terrifying. <laughs> this is true. Uh, and most entertaining. Because, again, it harkens back to the, uh, like, me, like, sitting, sitting down Halloween night watching the ghost hunters run around an old abandoned hotel (laughs) (laughs) and hearing noises and stuff like that. So it's very, it's very entertaining in that respect. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Neff? Uh, I gave it, hold on. My sheet decided to disappear because I was too busy looking at pipes. Uh, (laughs) it got a lot for me as well. It got favorite story. 
Mm. Um, which I which I which I tossed with because like I really like the story of Legend of Hell House, but I had to remember that it was the movie, right. and not the book. And right. the movie left some stuff out, so Ghost Watch one. Mm-hmm. Um, comfiest movie, scariest movie <laughs> for <laughs> yeah. the same reasons you did. Yeah. Uh, sleeper hit. I feel like not enough people have seen it. More people should see it. It is a fantastic fucking film. Um. Favorite SFX because honestly, like it didn't. It looked like a news casting. Honestly, like mm-hmm. it was. It was. Yeah, and like the just like the paranoid calls coming through, and then the stuff cutting out, and then that scene where where they're frozen in the living room, and it's a scene from earlier, but like yeah. in reality, the house is like in hell. Yeah. And I'm like, God. <laughs> That's that's so anxiety inducing. And then it also got most entertaining because it is probably one of the few films other than um honestly there's not very many films that can make me do it. Uh it, where I'll, I'll I I'm just captivated the entire time. I I don't look <laughs> away from this guy. And it, it just doesn't happen very often. And like it's not my favorite film by any means. Right. But like it's just so captivating. Um, yeah. And it's always it's always a good watch. I am never disappointed when I watch this. I was genuinely like, when Kettle said Ghost Watch, I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I got excited. <laughs> yeah. But, and then it got most. Yeah, no, I already said, never mind. <laughs> I have Ghost Watch on here a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I miss, I misunderstood. I thought I missed one. What about, did Kettle already go over his? No, no. Uh, so, yeah, for me, it got a uh, favorite story. Uh, uh, agreeing with you guys, comfiest and scariest, like, <laughs> it somehow manages to do that. And, uh, also most entertaining, because it just, yeah, every, pretty much everything about it on that front, I was like, yes, I love it. <laughs> right. That'll take us to the last movie, was Fish's pick, The Resident from 2011, which, at first glance, you may be wondering, how the hell does this qualify as British horror? Well, is New Hammer... It's a new Hammer release, so it was British money predominantly funding it. So, on that level, it technically counts. Also, it's got Christopher Lee in it. And it's about as British as it gets. <laughs> I, okay, I, I was wondering. I, I yeah. wasn't entirely sure here. It's one yeah. of those... It, it, technically, it counts because it's a Hammer movie. Okay. But other than that, yeah, it's really not... It's not overly British. It's set in New York... Uh, it stars Hillary Swank and Jeffrey British. Dean Morgan. Uh, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> it is straight up the, uh, the, the mutinous child of Britain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I, it. I mean, I'll break, I'll break the tension ice. I didn't enjoy this one at all. Okay. No, this movie sucks. No, it did. <laughs> It reminded me of a Lifetime movie. Although I think Lifetime movies get even more crazy and fucked up than this movie did. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess the coolest part of the movie was where she, she nailed him in the chest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I will, given, given that I typically, um, whenever I see a nail gun being used not as a nail gun in a movie, I get a little persnickety about it. I, I have to say, this movie used a nail gun properly. They didn't just fire it around like a, like a handgun. They actually had to press the nail gun against the surface 
before mm-hmm. you can pull the trigger. So I appreciate that for saying nice things. <laughs> uh, I liked Christopher Lee. I wish I wish yeah. Christopher Lee was in it more because I thought he was he was really cool. Um, but yeah, overall, like there wasn't really like it was it was basically story wise, it felt like general lifetime original fodder. Mm-hmm. Not really like it's it's got a great cast. It's technically filmed well, but creatively, it really didn't have anything that interesting going on to me. No, and it kind of had some of the like tone deaf stuff too. It's like I get it, you're an ER doctor, but like still just being like, wow, this uh, apartment here that has a Murphy bed is only thirty eight hundred dollars a month. Like, mm. come on, come on. <laughs> You expect me to be like, oh, poor her. Like, what do you just don't be in New York City? Like, right. And it was also very like the the movie, like at that point, was moving so incredibly goddamn fast that, like, it's I was confused as to why she was looking for a place to move to, considering the scene before that. We see her living in a place and sleeping in a place Mm -hmm. perfectly that looks perfectly fine. So at that point, it's completely unclear as to like why she's even looking so desperate to find a place to live because it's like you you live in a nice place lady like what the hell right um, also i swear to god there was a scene where where hillary swank goes up to like a newsstand and like gets something and in the background there's like a whole like array of magazines and i swear to god one of the magazines has hillary swank on the cover oh, oh god, i didn't better. notice that it's better <laughs> like i don't know if it actually was but like at a glance i'm like that woman on the magazine kind of looks like hillary swank as I'm looking at Hillary Swank play a character, that's that's funny. Um, it, it is kind of one of those interesting things in movies, though, where it's like you you you're watching the characters, but then it's like you know like our real world or whatever. So like real world world celebrities exist, but then it's like, well, what about the people playing the characters of the thing that we're watching? And then right. it's a it's, it becomes a whole meta thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is not a meta movie. No, See, it works when the, when they go full tilt meta, like Jennifer Tilly playing Bride of Chucky, but then it also revealing that Jennifer Tilly, the actress, exists in the, the realm of child's play. Like, mm-hmm. that's great. That's fucking hilarious. Like, I love that they did that. This is just some movie <laughs> with, with Hilary Swank in the lead. So it just, it probably wasn't her, but it looked a lot like her, and it just kind of took me out for a minute. I'm like, wait, what right. the hell? What are you guys doing? Did did no one notice, or was that like an in joke where they're like, "Hey, let's put the Hillary Swank like Women's Health magazine in the background"? Um, and of course Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who's who's very watchable, but he's really only got the two characters. If you don't count count his character from Rampage, it's like mm-hmm. one of the few exceptions. But he's got two characters: charmingly evil, and dead. So even before they do the flashback confirming that he is charmingly evil you already know he is because he ain't got no kids like obviously he's gonna be charmingly evil and also like that was a weird like kind of thing anyway because they had already like like established that he was almost certainly a creep because they reveal the the two-way mirror in her bathroom before they reveal that he's been stalking her what are you talking about they revealed it on the cover that he's a creep yeah, from the cover alone, like it's pretty obvious yeah. that like he is the villain. But when I just thought, just in the context, <laughs> in in the context of the film, I thought it was just a very strange that they tried to sell like him being a creep 
as such like a revelatory twist when it's like yeah no we know because you already revealed that he's like someone it's either him or christopher lee and i don't think it's christopher lee is spying on her from a hole in the wall behind the wall through the two-way mirror please christopher lee has the um class to at least be upfrontly evil thank you yeah I mean, not Christopher Lee really wouldn't but... be be nearly as subtly like Christopher Lee's version of subtly evil is like Christopher Lee from The Wicker Man, right? Where he's charming as hell, but you know he's behind the cult. You know, uh-huh. you know he's a cult leader. Oh yeah, absolutely. Even though he's hiding it, he's like, yeah, that's Christopher Lee. He's that's the cult fine. leader. But but da- damn, damn, do I want to damn do I want to join his cult because he seems charming as hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's only a slight chance of you dying. It's fine. Yeah, and then. Uh, I'm, I'm continuing the list of like issues I had with this movie. Uh, I think but we're uh, keeping Hillary... it to nice things. I was trying to, but like, listen, it's been a while since I've, I've had, gotten to go off on a rant on it. We've had like a, a pretty consistent batch of movies over the last few months where like I've enjoyed I was all just of them. Joking. <laughs> but mm. um, Hillary Swank's character has to have, at least be in the running and probably will win dumb bitch of the year award <laughs> with with many of her choices and decisions such as um apparently normal people um to test things out relationship wise with other people like almost full bore like fuck them before deciding like oh no i think we're better as friends over the span of like a day yeah, like, just, sure. that just seemed like a weird weird behavioral trait that that was being passed off of as like this is just what people do and i'm like what people what fucking people do this and and i i don't doubt that there are people that do this but i'm pretty sure those people are assholes yeah Uh, yeah i would agree and but even more egregious than that is she she has weird suspicions that something's kind of sussy in her apartment so she decides to get essentially a high-tech nanny cam installed mm-hmm. it's a great nanny cam too because it, it not only like records stuff while you're away it also like layers in like creepy horror movie filters over the footage and does dramatic zoom-ins automatically <laughs> it's wonderful it's the, it's the greatest nanny cam of all time nanny cam installed by uh michael massey it was cool seeing michael massey he was in uh the crow a uh, bunch of movies, bunch of movies throughout the '90s. I love that dude. Um, but but she gets this thing installed because she's she's feeling sussy about her apartment, and then proceeds to never check the footage until much mm-hmm. later. Like, like wouldn't oh, you no, be? I'm wouldn't you be? Wouldn't you be checking that? Like, especially as soon as you get it put in, wouldn't you be keeping an eye on it pretty regularly? Yeah. To the point yeah. that you shouldn't have like seven missed recordings. Over the course of several days, yeah, like you probably you probably should keep a closer eye on that. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> She's a big See. fancy ER doctor. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I also uh, like how um, when they're when they're getting into the fight at the end, and uh, at one point, uh, Hillary Swank's character just yeets a refrigerator like it's nothing. To which, to which I could only think, flex tape's not strong, Hillary. You are. <laughs> and also, with all that Hulk strength you got there, where was that a second ago when you were actually fighting with Psycho Jeffrey? 
Like, you, she just chucks the refrigerator like it's nothing. And I'm like, you should have been able to rip his limbs off and beat him to death with them. You should, you should have gone the full, like, Hulk slamming Loki into the ground multiple times because he's a puny god. Like, the, the, why didn't that happen? Um, and, and then we reached the segment of the film where um, she locks herself in the bathroom. At which point I, I began, I, I had the thought of, he's going to smash through the mirror. I then proceeded to type out in the notes, he's going to smash through the mirror. Over and over again, until he smashed through the mirror. <laughs> I was able to type it out, I believe, 16 times before he finally <laughs> smashed through the mirror. So, yeah, I th that, w that was amusing. <laughs> Uh, he's gonna do it. He's gonna do it. He's gonna smash to that mirror. He's gonna smash to that mirror. He's gonna smash to that mirror. And then, lo and behold, he smashes through the mirror. Uh, but did he though? He did smash through the mirror. I distinctly remember. I made enough <laughs> notes about him doing it that I'm confident that he did it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, kind of, kind of just like a boilerplate generic, like lifetime style movie that had nothing to do with Britain other than Christopher Lee aside from strangely being a Hammer Studios production and, and having like don't get me wrong there's there's a special kind of like like happy feeling I got seeing Christopher Lee showing up in a new Hammer Studios movie like that made me happy mm -hmm. on, on the level of like he was such a big part of Hammer Studios originally and getting to see them bring him back for another one. That was really cool. Uh, but everything else was just kind of, yeah, kind of meh. Yeah. But I don't know what everybody else think. Or did I sum it up for everyone? You that... summed it up pretty well, yeah. It yeah. Uh, yeah. was not really anything to write home about. And yeah, just a lot of, a lot of annoying stuff. Like mm. with the... Especially with her, her ex and everything. I'm just like, dude. Oh yeah, that whole... What are you, what are you doing? Lot. It's like, yeah. ugh. Like, I, that, that was the one thing I liked about the movie, is he got got at the end. Yeah. He done did that did got got. But yeah, beyond that, yeah, it's it, pretty much it's a Lifetime movie. Like... Yeah. And and yeah, Dumb Bitch of the Year Award. <laughs> dumb like, Bitch of the Year Award. <laughs> like, I'm gonna buy this security measure, but I'm not actually gonna fucking use it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm also never going to lock my computer and just leave it open so I see see the notifications. Oh, wait, I never look at the notifications until it's too late. Right? Which I can say, like, I don't look at notifications sometimes. But, like, that's for shit that I've had for years. And I'm like, I don't. It's, it's, and this is more And this is more of a, like, if you're actively worried about your home security. If you're worried, like, yeah, no, I would be paranoid going over any time the thing went off. Even if it was just from me walking across the room, I'd be like, let's just make sure. Let's yeah. make sure, uh, let's review it, and let me see if I can see pipes hanging out in the curtains. Mm -hmm. you know? Question, real quick, just big yeah. question. Is Jeffrey D. Morgan British, at least? I no. I don't believe No, okay. Because I, I, I was under that assumption, uh, because I was uh, talking about it with my fiancé earlier this week, and I was like, he's British, right? Nope, he's yeah. American. The yeah. reason I thought he was British is because he's Here's in... in well, in this movie, and also in The Walking Dead, and I assumed he was uh, like uh, Andrew, Andrew Lincoln, Lincoln. So I was like, "Oh yeah, you can you know do the Southern he accent or whatever." Yeah. But nope, nope, he's he's American. All right. Well, okay. going back and ending it on a positive note, uh, a nice thing I can say about The Resident 
is that it had Christopher it, Lee in it. It did have well beyond Christopher Lee. There was also the Hillary Swank lotions herself a lot scene, <laughs> which was essential to the plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely essential. So that was a good thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was essential in that they had to add it in there to make sure the movie was at least an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. That and and no other reason. <laughs> nope. And Absolutely even then, so it zero still was not reasons. enough. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, like, but... I don't even remember Hillary Swank, if I'm 100% honest. She's one of those, like, like, I know of and would recognize, but I can't think of anything else that she's been in. Right? Uh, Million Dollar Baby, I think, was the big one. For okay, her. yeah, she I never saw that. For that. But I do remember it. Uh, I believe she was in The Core, which was that, I think, Aaron Eckhart and a group of scientists, like, drilled to the center of the Earth for hmm. some reason? for science for well it was like uh, the core was such a fucking weird one because i swear to god the 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 plot synopsis of the core changed drastically from the trailers to the actual movie itself like it it felt like that i don't know there was two explanations as to why they were doing it and one was like oh global warming maybe and then the other one was way more sci-fi in that for some reason, the Earth's core stopped turning, and that was oh, fucking a bunch I of shit up. So they had to like drill down one. to the core of the Earth to like reignite it or something. I, I like guess. I don't. I I've seen the movie. I don't really remember the movie that well. To I be don't blame honest. you. Um. Yeah, she's been a handful of things. Uh. I mean, that's fair. And I mean, I do, I like Hillary Swank. Like, like I said, the cast of this movie, I had no problems with. Like, the casting and, um, like, the actual, like, like, the technical side of the movie I thought was fine. Like, it's all mm-hmm. perfectly well done, well performed, everything like that. And predominantly, it's just, like, the story sucks. Yeah. <laughs> the story is, like, not new, not interesting. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really do anything to make itself new or interesting. And it's just kind of, like, mm-hmm. a slog to get through. It was. Uh, but, and, and and to that point, it should come as a surprise that it got no categories from me. This is 100% correct. Same. Yeah. No no categories from anybody's. Mm-mm. But I think that's that's all I got for, for The Resident. Yeah, I think I've touched on all that. <laughs> yeah. What be them Danks scores, now sir? We, oh, oh, do we do, no, we do uh, ranked and uh, most British. Or oh, custom that category. Right? Yeah. That's right. And, and then, then we, we do, do danks. That's right. Yeah, must so. wait for the danks. <laughs> you gotta must wait, wait for I the danks. I don't wanna wait for the danks. <laughs> we, nobody ever wants to well, wait. We already for know the we danks. already know about uh Ghostwatches. Yeah, Ghostwatch is a big fat zero. Oh. <clears throat> but therefore a very wholesome movie. Yeah. Yes, but terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so ranked for me, number one, Ghostwatch. Number two, mm-hmm. The Legend of Hell House. Number three, Dracula. Number four, The Resident. And then most British, uh, number one Ghost Watch, because like yeah, it like is quite literally British television. It's the BBC. It's the BBC. Yep. You can't get more British than the BBC. <laughs> the BBC may be more British than T. I'm just saying. Uh, they're they're pretty on par at they're least. Pretty, they're at least like neck and neck. Yeah. Uh, number two, Dracula, because I thought that was a very, very, very British in its its storytelling. 
Uh, number three, The Legend of Hell House. And number four, The Resident, <laughs> unsurprisingly. Uh, but those were mine. Uh, Neff. So for me, uh, I actually, I, I believe all of my, yeah, both of mine are the same as yours. 110%. Okay. Um, for ranked movies, it is just because, like, Ghostwatch, like, honestly, I, I already kind of figured it was going to win. Right. But I wasn't sure until I rewatched Legend of Hell House. Right. But I was right. <laughs> um, and then Hell House, like, because it just, it was so good. And then Legend of Hell House, Dracula, because, like, I enjoyed it, but still at the end of the day, it's, it's I'm a little, it, it's like the Marvel. It's a Dracula I'm, flick. I'm a little tired of them. Yeah. Like, yeah um and then the resident got last because well yeah um and then most british again same as yours ghost watch <laughs> bbc dracula for me the reason why i got it is because it like it was headlining sir christopher lee mm. it was a it, it was british like it was produced in british it, there was british there was it just had british all over it <laughs> british, very british british bukkake very British, uh, in it. Yeah. <laughs> ah, see, I said I, I wasn't gonna do it. Right. Um, uh, Legend of Hell House was third. Um, because like while it was, I don't know, it just didn't feel British enough. Not nearly as British as it didn't have Sir Christopher Lee in it. Like that's just yeah. simply what it is. Um, and then The Resident be was number four because it was not even it, it literally barely was British. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Brit British on a technicality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, technically, technically a British horror film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So for ranked, I went Ghostwatch, Dracula, Hell House, and The Resident. Um, yeah. I mean, really, three out of four this month were pretty decent. So. Yeah. Uh, and then most British, yep, Ghostwatch because <laughs> it's the BBC. Mine's a little bit switched up. I went Hell House, then Dracula, then The Resident. Now so why get... the resident? Why was the resident fourth kettle? I no, don't understand. No, no, we don't need to har harp on. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but now we have Danks, and for the second second month in a row, uh, we have a bonus Danks category for Dracula because we have regular kill count, and then we have vampire kill count, keeping them separate Ooh. still. But I also rearranged everything, so we're doing Danks in the proper order now. From drugs, alcohol, nudity, kills, sex. Going in that order now. So for, for Dracula, you got a drug count of zero. Uh, alcohol count of four. Nudity count of zero. Human kill count of three. Vampire kill count of four. And zero for, for sex. Uh, and I realize... So base score of... Seven plus four, so that's eleven. Yeah, that's eleven. <clears throat> so, yeah, dang, a total dang score for Dracula fifty-eight, eleven. Legend of Hell House drug count of zero, uh, alcohol count of two, nudity count of one, uh, kill count of four, and a sex count of one. There's <laughs> ghost shadow sex on the ceiling. Yeah. Counts, goddammit. <laughs> Ghostwatch zero 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 for a total of zero. Yeah. Hell yeah. Actually both both of our zero dang score movies have been, I think, your pick scuttle. Because I think the other one was uh searching with uh John Cho. Oh uh... also had a zero. 
Uh, you know, I, that makes so much sense. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but like, no. like this, this kettle to a T, is that what it is? Finding the like, ones with zero Like, as someone who has, well, no, that, like, that, that, like, kettle, like, you are this <laughs> man who loves, what? like, death metal uh-huh. and all of this, like, ragey stuff. And then, like, I just know that you just love the comfy stuff, too. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. zero dig scores don't belong to anybody but kettle. <laughs> <laughs> so far, anyway. He's the magic man. Uh, it just, it's uh, just great. And then uh, the resident dink score. Drug count is zero. Even though there was there, there were drugs applied in that movie, but not consensually. Uh, alcohol count of four, nudity count of one, kill count of three, sex count of two. So for a total score of ten. So so Dracula fifty eight actually thanks to the vampire kills wins the dank score round. Wow. With eleven. <laughs> Damn. Not not huge dank scores this month. No, honest. No, well, and and uh, to me, it kind of ties in with the British part of it, right? Suppose, yeah, maybe. I'd have to I'd have to like yeah. get a bigger sample size to really. Well, I mean, it's really just a matter because if we had picked like one of the later like Hammer films like from the seventies, oh yeah, no, the kill count and the and the nudity count would have been way fucking higher. I can't I mm-hmm. can't assure you of that. Um. But okay, but now now for points that really matter. Uh coming in in fourth place with maybe the lowest score we've ever seen on the show with the with a grand total of 6 points. Oh. The Resident. Uh third place with a score of 65 points, uh Horror of Dracula/Dracula slash Dracula 58. First place with a score of 150, thanks to the uh, the matching bonus, uh, Ghostwatch. Yay! Hey. And then second place with a with a score of 75, Legend of Hell House. Legend of Hell House got five matching bonus points. Ghostwatch got got 15. We hey. go, we we synced up on Ghostwatch in three. <laughs> yeah, that's because Ghostwatch is comfiest, scariest, and most entertaining. It's swept. Oh man. But even even with and just to clarify, even without the bonus points, Ghostwatch was winning with 135 points to Legend of Hellhouse's 70. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but congratulations, Kettle. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of picked it on a whim. But as as we were talking about it, I I felt the I I had an inkling, had so I I, yeah. I started I started looking early. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think, assuming this is hasn't been done, because I did pull it from the list, um, but I figure maybe a Tom Savini month. Ooh. Okay. And I would like to go with the 2004 remake of Dawn of the Dead. Well, shit. If we're doing Savini, I gotta go with um, his 1990 remake of Night of the Living Dead. Because that's, that's Savini in the director's chair. Okay. For one of the few times that he actually directed something. And for, for Savini, I would count like 
acting roles, makeup roles. Directly. Yeah, because uh, like because technically yeah. the the 2004 one is not. Um, yeah, I don't think he that. did makeup for that, but I think he has he has a like a cameo in it. Yes. Yeah, that and that's kind of my technicality on it, and also it's I guess it's a remake of one of his, so yeah. Still very closely related. It's also kind of one of those like I I haven't seen it in a long time, so I've kind of been like I just I just kind of want to rewatch it. And I was like <laughs> that came to mind. I was like, all right, cool. I am going to go ahead and go with Planet Terror. Yeah, he's deputy. Yeah, he's got a role in it. He's got a role in Planet yeah. Terror. Yeah, I've been wanting to watch it. So <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. I, I think I haven't mm-hmm. seen it since it came out. So, I just really like Robert rewatch. Rodriguez, if yes. we're going to be 110% honest. Yeah. Otherwise, the, the other one would have been um, Martin from 1977, but I'm not going to put Kettle through that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Listen, he just went one. I don't, yeah. I don't, like... He's picking a pretty decent one. I'm not going to be mean to him, dang. <laughs> <laughs> so there there you have it. Thanks to our super unbeatable scientific process, we have determined the single greatest British horror film of all time forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Ghostwatch. I mean... Uh, if you think there's a better one, by all means, let me know what it is over on Twitter, at BoomScrublord. Until the spook show comes around again, this is your humble reminder to get melted. XOX.